Good morning, Poplar Springs. For those of us here and those of us watching online, we're glad to have you with us. A few announcements for you. Camp Horizon, we only have about 10 spots left. So if you have not signed up or you have friends or family you want to invite, if you will let me know this week. If you need forms, we do still have forms out here on the, the wall out in this hallway. Also, if you're a church member who signed up and I put your name down, please give me your form and give me your money so I can spend it. Um, Frisbee today at 5.30. That's for anybody who wants to join, youth, kids, families. Next Sunday, um, Mother's Day, we'll, we will be doing our baby dedication. So this is the last week to let us know. If, we've, if you haven't let us know already that you want to dedicate someone, um, if you'll contact us this week. Graduate Sunday is May 23rd. So if you haven't let me know that you are graduating or where you are graduating from, if you're graduating from college, we'd like to include you in that as well. So if you'll just let me know so we can get you included in our service. Um, our Wednesday night services are still the same, 6 o'clock for everybody. Um, Catherine is leading a revelation study for the adults and youth. We're meeting in the youth room at 6. And this Saturday, if you... Um, have Saturday open and you'd be willing to get out and do something. The Shelby Mission Camp is loading food boxes, but they're doing something. If you've been to Caswell, then they're doing something sort of similar. They're loading um, food into bags and then putting those bags into boxes. And it's really simple. They just need manpower. So if you're able to just lift and pour beans into a bag or something like that, that's this Saturday. Um, and Andy is in charge. So if you want to let Andy know, he signed up a group to come at 1130, but they're doing that all day long, and they need volunteers all day long. So if you're interested in serving this Saturday, let any of us know, and we'll guide you um, to the right place. Those are all of our announcements this week. So as Galia leads us in a prelude, um, quiet your hearts and prepare for worship.
Jesus, what a strength in weakness. Let me hide myself in him. Tempted, tried, and sometimes failing, he my strength, my victory wins. This morning in um, high school, Sunday school, began a um, four-week series on flawed and looking at Bible characters that we know and the stories that have that we've read many times in our lives, but how they're flawed, and a reminder that all of us are flawed. There's not a one of us that doesn't have a failing or um, a flaw in our lives that we deal with, but um, praise be to God that despite our sins, despite who we are, that he has a purpose in our lives, that he still chooses to use us each and every day for his purposes. Um, and he has given us a Savior whose blood has washed clean um, the faults in our lives. So we're going to stand and sing hymn number 89, Our Great Savior. If you are following along in your hymnal, we are not singing verse 4, but we will sing every other verse. So would you stand and let's praise our great Savior this morning.
Hello, I'm Joey Bridges. I don't know if uh, you felt it, but when she said the word flawed, I felt like she looked right at me. <laughs> so, regardless of that, I am your Deacon of the Week. You can contact me with, by looking up for my information in the church directory. So let us uh, join me with the time of community prayer. So there are, I'm sure, a lot of needs that are unspoken, and we want to lift those people up that may have a problem or a need, a sickness or whatever they have, but there'll be some unspoken ones, but I do have some that I want to mention. Abby Hamrick is recovering from surgery. Rhonda Burnett, Lisa Jackson's cousin. Robert Callahan, who's on the Appalachian Trail. Kim Revis. Uh, we have a praise for Travis Bradley. And we have a happy birthday, 98th birthday, to Jim Harden. So let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to gather in your house to pray for our community and friends. We just ask that you will bless each and every one that we've mentioned, those that we haven't mentioned that you know their needs. We'll just ask that your will be done in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
worship this morning. That was great. I feel as if I need to say a prayer and go home because that was great. Thank you, choir, for doing that this morning. Our scripture this morning is a very simple one. It comes from John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. We stand for the reading of our scripture.
These are the words of John. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, the Gospel of John. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Let's pray together. Father, life is in Christ. We find our strength in him. We worship him today. We worship you, and we ask God that you'll speak to us today as we worship. As we gather together, Father, I pray that we'll savor and enjoy the moments we have with one another. Most importantly, we'll take the time to worship you. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I shared with you recently that Kim and I had recently subscribed to a, to a, to a streaming service on our TV because we couldn't find anything to watch on TV. It just wasn't that good. But I've learned something. There still isn't that much on TV that I'm crazy about. There's not that much. I just flip the channels all the time, and it's, I'm, I'm about to drive myself crazy because I'm so bad about that. I'm not sure if Kim's on board yet, but we made a decision. A couple of years ago, I took a career assessment, and they found out I was artsy, literary, and outdoorsy. Found out some st stunning things about myself. It's time to get literary. I've decided I'm going to listen to music and read books now. That's what I'm going to do. I don't know if Kim's on board yet, but we're working on it. And read more books. Read more books. I have quite a few volumes in our living room and in our, in our dining room and in my office there. And I've, it's time to put those to use. Time to look at them and read them a little bit, not just use them for decoration. So folks will think I'm smart. My first choice as of last Sunday night is this one. It's a good little book. Well, no, it's a big book. It's called Deep Run Roots by Vivian Howard. Vivian and her husband, Ben, moved from New York, Harlem, left their New York place a restaurant to open a restaurant in their hometown of Kinston, North Carolina. You've heard of the TV show, A Chef's Life. Any of you heard of that? There are a few of you artsy and literary people out there. Yeah. It's, it's a cookbook, but it's not. It's a cookbook, but it's not. There are old Southern stories about kinfolks and cuisine in there. It's a great book. It's not a biography. It does not tell her entire life story. It doesn't begin with Vivian Howard was born in Deep Run, North Carolina. It doesn't begin like that. It doesn't tell her entire life story, but instead offers vivid snapshots, gives us snapshots, relatable anecdotes, little stories, important information pertaining to the value of a lot of different things, among those being family, friends, and lastly, food. I put that last because food is, is kind of an, a byproduct, but it's about family and friends. Her point is the connection between kinfolks, tradition, and the wonderful experiences involved with food. How many of y'all have a good time around food? Uh, we do. And in the Bible, it's there a lot. We see it a lot of times. They gathered together and they ate together. And there's a lot to be said about that. We, we bet us back in the old days, we used to have covered dish meals. Do you remember those? Before all the sickness hit, we had covered dish meals. And those were good times together where we shared food together and we talked together. Wednesday nights are great times together. I miss those. Organized chaos, I call it. Because if you're not careful, you'll wind up with a basketball in your plate of food on Wednesday night. It's great. It's a great experience on Wednesday night. But I love it. It's all around food. But I don't think this book I'm reading is really a cookbook. And it's not a biography. It kind of reminds me of the Gospels. You're thinking I'm crazy now. The stories of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, they're not intended to be a biography of Jesus. They're not intended to be. And Jesus was born at this particular time and then tells the entire story because there's a lot, a lot of vacancies there, stuff we don't know about the childhood of Jesus. But it's not intended to be a biography, an extensive biography. But instead, they offered vivid snapshots, relatable stories, and life-changing information to the reader, as well as life-saving insights. Good insights there about the life of Christ. The intent of the Gospels is this, to convince the reader that Jesus, Jesus is Lord 
and the Savior of the world. That's what, they want to, what the writers want to convey, that Jesus is Lord. He's the Savior of the world. And the four Gospels are all different in their approach. They all offer different approaches to the Gospel, the story of Jesus. And let me oversimplify this a little bit and just share it with you. Mark, he's the first, this is the first Gospel written. He's urgent in his writing. He's anxious for folks to know the story of Jesus as quickly and as clearly as possible. It's a short, it's a short Gospel. I want to make sure there's no frills there, but he tells the story of Jesus, about, about how he made his presence known in the world. He does not even tell the story of the birth of Christ. He begins with John the Baptist. Can you imagine that? Matthew, who wants us to know that Jesus is the promised Messiah of the Old Testament. The Old Testament talks about the Messiah that's coming. He's going to be on the way. He's coming. And he wants us to know this is the Messiah. This is the one you're waiting for. This is him. He's the king. And he includes the birth of Jesus as well. And there we have the earthly kings. The earthly kings coming to worship the king of kings, Jesus, when he's born. Coming to worship him. It has, it has a birth story there. Luke is the gospel of the common man, the common person. The story of the birth of Jesus has animals and sheep, dirty shepherds out in the fields. He's the Savior we can relate to. And I love Luke because it's, it's for the common purpose, person. It's simple and it's easy. John is more figurative. It's a very figurative book. He starts with the gospel with these words, and you can see what I'm talking about. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with the God in the beginning. So you see, it's very figurative. And at Christmas, many read this and say, I'd rather hear about the animals and the sheep, and I'd rather hear about the kings and the gold and the frankincense and myrrh. That's what I want to hear about. What's all this about the Word? The Word. And to oversimplify again, you need to study John for yourself. You need to look at the Gospel of John. Look at 1 John and 2 John and 3 John, but read the Gospel of John. He's saying this, Jesus is not only the Son of God, He's God in the flesh. Jesus is God. I have to admit, I like Luke. I love Luke. The Critters and the Christ, I call it, because it's just, it's just a great book. But over the last couple of years, I've really grown in my appreciation for the Gospel of John because of what it says and how it says it, how it makes you think a little bit. In verse 31, John clearly states his intent, what he wants to focus on. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus, Jesus is the Christ, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Believing and then doing something about it. Believing and then doing something about it. I believe John achieves his purposes when you and I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Do you believe? Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God that He can change your life, that He came to forgive your sins? Do you believe that with all your heart? And do you believe that you find life in Him? You can find true and lasting life, real life, enjoyable life in Him. That's what I want to talk about today for just a few minutes. Achieving the purpose of John. How do we come to know Jesus Christ as the Son of God, as the Lord of life? How do we come to do that? The Savior of the world, the Messiah. How do we come to acknowledge that? Let's look at three examples of some who did just that, who sought and found and believed in Jesus. They believed in Him because they met Him. Nicodemus in John chapter 3 Nicodemus was a curious Pharisee, a curious Pharisee who visited Jesus at night, came to see Jesus during the, during the nighttime. It was, not in, it was not in his best interest to visit during the day because that would have hurt his reputation and probably got him in a lot of trouble because he was a Pharisee. And the Pharisees were not that fond of Jesus. They had a problem with Jesus. And Jesus had a problem with them. He wanted to ask questions about the faith. Nicodemus wanted to ask about the faith and what it's all about. Jesus told Nicodemus this. He said, you must be born again, born from above. 
And Nicodemus said, you mean I have to start over again, go back into my mother's womb and start over again? He said, no, 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 not that. You need to start anew. You need to start with a clean slate. We assume he believed. We assume that he believed because he was at the crucifixion of Jesus. At his burial, he brought the burial preparation for Jesus' body. He brought the preparation needs for his body at the burial of Jesus. Jesus shared with Nicodemus these words that believers cling to today. We stick to these words. These are the most, this is probably the most notable passage in Scripture is this one. John 3.16, For God so loved the world, Nicodemus, and God so loved you and the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Those words stick with us. They cling, we cling to those words. We hang on to those words because they're so very, very important. Nicodemus, a Pharisee, found Jesus. Believing Jesus is sufficient. Believing Jesus is sufficient. We know God loves us. We know that. We know that He loves the world. We believe we have eternal life because of, the, of, uh, because of this. Beginning now. Eternal life is not just in the future, but it's beginning now. Eternal life begins now. And we find Jesus is, Jesus is for us. He's for us. He's on our side. He didn't come to this earth to badger us and threaten us. He came to save us, you and me. How comforting is that? He's not out to get you. I've told that. I've said that about the last three Sundays, but I can't get through, through that enough. He didn't come to get you. He came to save you. Nicodemus believed this. We can assume at the grave of Jesus, he was there honoring his Savior. Belief is acknowledging the purpose of Christ. Belief is acknowledging the purpose of Christ. And then there's the Ethiopian, the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. He believed and expressed his inward change by an outward act of baptism. He said, what's to prevent me from getting baptized right now? And Philip said, I'll baptize you right now. Let's go get baptized. And he was baptized. His immersion symbolizing cleansing from sin. The water didn't cleanse him from sin, but it's a symbol of the cleansing of sin. Through the grace and forgiveness of God in Christ, he was forgiven. Symbolizes break from the sinful lifestyle. A break, a clean slate, a clean break from the old life. You're starting anew. It symbolizes his allegiance and his obedience, his union with God in Christ. He had a new leader in his life, a new purpose in life, following Jesus. When you believe, you have that new purpose. The Ethiopian became a new man in Christ. A new man in Christ. And then in Acts chapter 16, the Philippian jailer was facing certain death. He was going to die. The death came from it was going to come from his superiors for allowing the prisoners, Paul and Silas, to be freed. And it wasn't his fault. Now, that's a common thing when you do something wrong, you think. It wasn't my fault, but it wasn't his fault. His superiors would never believe that God released the prisoners. He would never believe that God unlocked the jail like he unlocks our hearts and locks the jail. Unlocked the jail. So he was a dead man because of that. But Paul and Silas didn't flee. He was preparing to kill himself in order to avoid the punishment. He was going to go ahead and do, it, do himself in and kill himself in order to avoid the punishment. But Paul and Silas told him to stop. They were still there. They're still there. The witness of these two faithful followers led the man to ask, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? What would you do if someone asked you that? Would that be the greatest thing in the world? What must I do to be saved? And their reply, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. It's simple. Make it difficult. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. That's the goal of the good news of Christ. That's the good goal of the good news of Christ, that all people may hear the message and receive new life. Receive new life, a clean slate, a fresh start. Do you like the thoughts of that? How many of y'all messed up this week? All right, I see one hand. I have. Who wants to enumerate those things right quick? Better not. 
But, 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 you know, the thing about it is we mess up. And it's great to know you have a clean slate. God doesn't say, well, I'm written him off. I've written him off. I've written her off. John's purpose is that believing you might have life through him. But have you discovered the wonderful life in Christ? The wonderful life in Christ. I keep thinking about Vacation Bible School had some pretty hokey songs. You know, I mean, they're, they're well intent, but I remember Bambi was at Sandy Run. He's saying, Abundant wonderful life in Christ. Abundant wonderful. And I can't remember the song, but I, it was kind of interesting. Abundant wonderful. It's abundant, abundant life. Have you discovered the wonderful life in Christ yet? Have you discovered it? Have you found your security? But there's more. There's more. Have you found life in the Spirit of the Almighty? Have you found life, real life? Have you found it? John 10 10, these words. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. You may have life. Have you believed? Have you believed and yet to experience the great life in Christ? Have you not quite experienced it yet? It's out there. It's waiting on you. I'm convinced that one day God is going to empower me to write a book. And I've told you about it before. It's going to be called Surprised by Parables. I was surprised by my notes just then. Surprised by Parables. I'm surprised by parables all the time. Different stories that come to mind. And sometimes folks say, this guy's crazy. And I am. I am. But I'm going to write a book about that. This morning, I was supposed to unlock the family life building. I went into the building. I cut the lights on. I then left and realized it did not unlock the outside doors. It was all welcoming inside. It was open. It was ready for business. But I didn't unlock the outside doors. The building was made right on the inside. I believed it was ready to go. The lights were on inside, but nothing was going to happen on the outside because people couldn't get in. People couldn't get in. The doors were closed. It was locked. Kind of like Christians. We get lit up on the inside. We have the lights on. We have the heat on. We have the air conditioning on. Whatever it takes. We're feeling good on the inside. God is good. He changes lives. He makes us different. We're forgiven. The joy of forgiveness. We're forgiven people. But we keep it to ourselves. We lock people out. We lock it up inside. We have our salvation. That's all that matters. We don't live it out. We lock it up. We lock it up. John says there's more. There's more. There's life to the fullest. Life to the fullest. Never forget that. Have I told you I have a streaming service on my TV yet? Did I tell you that? I'm not too proud of that, but I do have it. And I've, I've come discovered a common philosophy on some of the movies I've watched and cut off. Had to cut some of them off. The abundant life is found in shallow sexual affairs that are disappointing and dirty. That's where the abundant life's found, and according to those movies, it's found in conflict and violence and revenge. It's found in those things. The abundant life is found as we explore the deepest, darkest areas of our human existence, exploring the dark side. We all have a dark side, but we don't need to, to pander to it. We all have those things we're not proud of. We have those things that are attractive to us. We're all sinners who fall short of the glory of God. But in these movies, they pander to the dark side. And the heroes are those beaten and battered by self-centered bad decisions. They make the bad decisions. And I love to see a redemption story. I love a redemption movie. A movie of redemption when a person realizes the error of their ways and realizes they've lived a life that's not pleasing to themselves and it's not satisfying. I love that. But the heroes are those who are beaten and battered by the bad decisions they made, the self-centered decisions they made. I disagree. I disagree. The abundant life is found in, as we don't focus on ourselves, as we don't look at that dark side and say, I need to develop that to have a full life. It's not found as we look at ourselves. We don't seek out and embrace our depraved side. 
our sinful side. We don't seek that out and, and embrace that. But instead, it's found in denying ourselves. And denying yourselves, that doesn't sound too fun. Denying yourselves and following Jesus Christ. In fact, that's what he said. Deny yourselves, take up your cross and follow me. What fun can that be? It's kind of like dessert. Dessert's good. I love dessert until I eat too much of it. You get, me, you get me along with some chocolate cake and it's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Or just any kind of sweets. But finally it gets sickening. And sometimes I have to look at something else, something that's nutritious and helpful. Same way with our Christian lives. We can, we can, divulge, we can indulge in our, in our dark side and the sinful things. And it becomes old and it becomes dissatisfying. We embrace, embrace a life of service to other people. Serving others. Help somebody. You find joy in that? You can. Serving other people. Sacrifice at times. No, you don't have to go up and say, I'm going to sacrifice a lamb right here in front of the, front of the church for you. Sacrifice, we're talking about this. We're talking about giving some of your time and some of your effort to help someone or help a group or help some, some way. Sacrifice. Realizing that we're only passing through this world. Folks, it's not going to last forever. The blessings of Parkinson's disease. When I have a good day, when I can think straight, I enjoy the hound out of it. I'm having a ball. I, in fact, I had too good, good a time in Sid's Sunday school class this morning, running my mouth too much. I tell folks when I'm having a good day, I become obnoxious. You can tell I'm having a good day. I get obnoxious. But I enjoy those days. We're only passing through. We're only passing through. And God has called us to be a part of a tremendous adventure. A tremendous adventure. Another Bible school song that I'm not going to sing, but one that stands out for me. It's not really a Bible school song. I think about back in the 90s, we had a lot of songs. This, these were my youth group years when I led youth groups. We had a lot of them. And we had Stephen Curtis Chapman. You remember him? Did you like him? He's kind of out of vogue now, but he did a bluegrass album recently that's really good. And you listen to it. He redid some of them in bluegrass form. That's just a little commercial. But he had sang one. Saddle up those horses. We got a trail to blaze. To the wild blue yonder of God's amazing grace. This is the great adventure. And it is a great adventure. I was going to have Nicole and Catherine come up and sing that, but they wouldn't do it. Well, she said she would, but I didn't want to put it on them. But it's a great adventure. It's a great adventure out there. Who knows who you're going to run into? Who knows what conversation is going to be started up? Don't be fearful of that. Just realize it's an opportunity. God's going to work in your life. It's an adventure. It's a mission field out there. And God has called us to be a part of that tremendous adventure. Making this world a better place because of Jesus Christ living through us. We can make it a better place. Plain and simple, we find ourselves, we find abundant life in giving ourselves away. Do you believe that? In giving ourselves away and accepting the peace He gives you in the midst of all of that. Paul often talked about those who chose to do it their way instead of God's way, and they called it freedom. I do things my way. Another song, I did it my way. Sometimes my way isn't the right way. I've done it their way instead of God's way. People have, and I've done it myself. And they called it freedom, and I called it freedom. When in fact we became slaves to sin. You become slave to the sin. It's not what I call freedom in the abundant life. That's not what I call that. It's in struggling and working and working for God and His kingdom on earth. It's a rewarding experience. 
experiencing the peace of God in your heart, sharing joy with others, being generous in service and supplies of others. There's a wonderful hope that someday we'll go to a place God has prepared for us. That's the final hope, the final thing. The abundance is in the adventure. The abundance is in the adventure while we're here, while we're here. Let me encourage you to read the Gospels today. Read them. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Pick out your favorite. Tell me what your favorite one is. Read them today. They're not biographies of Jesus. They're words that can change your life. These are the words that can change your life. The Holy Spirit can take those words and change you with them. As you not only believe in Jesus, which is where you start, but you also find purpose and satisfaction in life as you live for him every day. Is he calling you to believe and follow today? Is he talking to you today? Is he speaking to you today? Believe and follow him, Jesus Christ, today. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for the blessings of your book, especially the Gospels where we read about how Jesus Christ came to this earth and lived among us on our turf like one of us, yet was without sin. And in him we find redemption, we find salvation. That's a wonderful story. It's a wonderful change in life, and you give us abundant life because of that. I pray that we'll seek to achieve John's purpose, that the Holy Spirit will work in our lives, that we might believe and then participate in the adventure. Father, if there's someone here today who does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I pray that they might make that decision today, that they might be ready and willing to answer the questions and talk to these people or these persons about what it means to become a follower of Christ. Father, if there's someone here today who's not living the life, who simply believes and is ready to make the, the next step to become a follower and live the life of Christ out in the world, I pray that you'll empower them to do that today. If there's someone looking for a place where they can worship and a place where they can be among people and among a family of friends, they seek church membership today. I pray they might make that decision today as well. Father, speak to us today as we, as we go through the rest of this day, and I pray that we'll be sensitive to your work among us. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen.
been a good day. Amen? It's been a good day. Um, I want to remind you that your deacon of the week is Joey Bridges. You saw him up here for our community at prayer. If you can't reach somebody at the church office, feel free to call Joey or anybody else on our deacon list. They'll be happy to assist you. Um, I also want to remind you that our offering is taken up in two boxes, one outside those doors, one outside these doors. If you've not had a chance to um, give your offering this morning, you can do so in that manner. And as we prepare to depart, I'm going to ask you to stand, and then I'm going to depart Andy to the door so that when we um, finish praying this morning, he can greet you as you leave. So church family, would you join me as we pray together this morning? God, we've heard the message this morning that Jesus saves And this was John's purpose as he wrote, and God, this is still our purpose. Our purpose is to share the message of Jesus Christ with the world. To let them know of the saving grace and mercy we can find through his sacrifice. God, as we leave this place this morning, having been renewed by the Spirit through worship, God, may we be empowered to go out and share your message with those who we meet. God, we love you and we thank you 
for the gift of your son, Jesus. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Have a wonderful Sunday.